Okay, you ready? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Thunk Tank. <laughs> Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. Welcome to, come into our, come into our thumbtack. Luke, don't switch to the other peanuts. Welcome to the thunk tank. Come in the tank. We're thinking. And we're thinking. And we're thunked. And we're thunked. Oh my god, I'm probably more beer than man if we go far enough back at this point. Alright, it's going. Knock, knock. Who's there? Uh, Thunk Tank Podcast. Welcome there, to the Thunk Tank Podcast. Episode 2, I guess? Episode 2, official. Uh, yeah. We'll figure out what the title is uh, when we figure that out. Well, we have to do it, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> we have, we're doing it now. Right. <laughs> we're thunking it now. Uh, let's start off with what beer we're drinking. We started drinking already, by the way, folks. Yeah, it's going to be one of those. If you're at home, crack a beer. And listen while you're drinking. Yeah. It will help anything, vibe. Anything but Heineken. No, even if it's a Heineken. If that's all you have in your fridge, go for it. All right, so Johnny, uh, what beer are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a very uh, dark red ale that I made. Johnny's red oh, ale? Geez. What's the oh, percentage? Uh, Ralph's red. It's about six and a half. Uh, it's got this like nice uh, dark cherry flavor to it. Nice. Oh yeah, the Ralph's Red. You brought one the of those Ralph's up, Red. Didn't you? Yeah. No, I brought up uh, Thanks Obama. But I, thought I, a... I thought I had the Ralph's Red. Was that when I was down there? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, Ralph's Red Ale. Uh, so it's a, a nice uh, red ale. Our beer nice. is also six point five percent. Consistent. It is the Sloop Brewing DDH Juice Bomb. DDH, DDH. means double dry hopped. Right. Have you heard of them, you can, Johnny? You, you can just say double dry hopped. I mean. <laughs> I mean, the title it's is like DDH Juice Bomb. It saves you. It saves you one syllable. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to be late for my flight next week because I just saved all that time. He's been planning ahead. Good, good point. Uh, yeah. What brewery? Uh, Sloop Brewing. Sounds familiar. It's Where from uh, Elizaville, New York. Okay. Seems pretty small. Like I'm checking the logins on Untapped, and. There's only like four hundred, less than four hundred ratings total, so it must be pretty new brewery. I haven't researched it, but anyways, me and Joe got this out of a growler, so this might be um, an interestingly thunked thunk tank. Yeah, we're we're, we're nice. doing some thunking. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Well, what do you what do you think of this uh, sloop? It's a juice bomb, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, Definitely. this is about the haziest beer I think I've ever had. Yeah, the way, it's pretty The way hazy. I described it is uh, if I try to... Venusian atmosphere thick. That's what you were saying before. Yeah, I was so that's like, what I was trying to say. I was before. setting up the yeah. mic and Joe's saying the word Venusian at me and I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? Venetian blinds? And no. He's saying that the haziness, the thickness yeah. of this beer is about as it hazy as the atmosphere too. of Venus. Does it, do, like, it, yeah, there's the a lot of like solids in there. Yeah. This is like a meal of a beer. Yeah, it almost wow. it yeah. almost tastes like cold soup. Mm-hmm. Ooh, gazpacho. Exactly. So uh, it's the gazpacho of juice. Ooh, let's make a, a hazy hop bomb soup and call it a uh, hopspacho. If by we is, is are you going to start? If by we this? we you mean you, then I will uh, yeah. drink it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I might do it. Yeah, I might do it and give credit. You know, to the Johnny, cast. you could become the official beer sponsor of this podcast for. Uh, uh I think I am at. 
so far, just because I know we got a donation six pack from or whatever from uh, one of our our beta tests, but we did, I technically supply all of my beer for my ends of it. So fair it's enough. Two in a row that I'm providing my own beer, so I guess I'm sponsoring myself. Your lead sponsor right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. I want credit as first sponsor. Yeah, I'll send yeah. you guys some some beer. Yes, uh, by courier because you can't mail beer, so I'll just deliver it. And uh, you'll are, save are some you the for courier? our cast. Yeah. That's a small operation. <laughs> That's fair. So uh, we're going to start each episode, if it's needed, with a thunked correction but Also known uh, as section. Joe really wants to call this thunked rections. That's which... not what I said. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> thunked rections. What no, did you say? Thunk rections. That's no different. <laughs> that it, sounds like a pill at the either gas way, station it sounds, that it increases it sound, <laughs> It just sounds it has like it has more to do with erections than it does gonna, actually I'm have gonna, to do. I'm going to start a poll on our Twitter and we'll see what the people think. How, how about, about thunker, fair enough? Yeah. How okay. about thunkerations? Like instead of alterations, thunkerations. That's not bad. That could work. But it sounds like you're thunker racing. Anyways, the point is we do drink a lot of beer while recording these, so we're bound to make some errors slash uh, say shit. Say shit that just might not be true. I don't lie on purpose, but anyways. So these two <laughs> I caught while I was editing. If you catch anything, email us. Our email will be like below any of the YouTube videos or yeah. wherever else yeah, there's we an email, yeah. post things. Yeah. We would love to hear like a correction of something and then we'll say it on the next episode for sure. Unless you're a, you're the fucking idiot and what we said was true. Then you can go fuck yourself, right? That, that's also entirely mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways. You never know. Uh, we were uh, we were talking last episode about like the NASA budget and like Curiosity rover and oh, what right, that yeah. cost. Yeah. So Curiosity rover was um, only two point five billion. Yeah. I say only because like, you know, the U.S. military budget per year is six hundred billion. Wow, that's a lot um, of Curiosity rover. I said something like one month of military spending is more than the running budget of NASA, but that was not true. It's one year of military spending is more than the, you know, uh, 50-something year running budget of NASA. NASA was founded in 1958, and it's about, its budget now is like $20 billion a year. Yeah. So the running budget is about the same as what the U.S. spends on military every year, not every month. It's still a fuck ton of money. Yeah. The point still holds true. But it's not quite as much. Well, that, and that was yeah. the whole point, regardless of the actual magnitude. We spend way more money on bombs than we do cool robots in space. Than we do on, like, controlled bombs that launch rockets to the moon or something. Yeah, which is kind of sadly ironic when you think about it. So, Pop Quiz Joe, who's, who is the second highest military spender in the world? We're at $600 billion a year, roughly. Uh, it's got to be is, is, China or is, Russia. Is it NATO? China is count? second and Russia is third. Bam! China is second at two hundred and fifteen billion. Yeah. And Russia's third at seventy billion. Yeah. That's nuts because Russia has like what I think like less people than the U.S. Right? And definitely less wealth and resources. It's yeah, but like they've a... been at it for a while. But yeah, so yeah. even if you measure it as a percentage of GDP, I think we're still highest. So well, and we have like those crazy numbers where. We have like more more aircraft than the rest of the world combined in our yeah. air force. Yeah, yeah. Do you, no, you know nobody the, else is even close. The largest air force in the world is. Do you guys know? 
It's probably the United States, but I know there's it an interesting is, glitch where North, it is Cor- the North Korea is really high up there, too. Well, we have the high, largest number of... Uh, well, I mean, yeah, eventually we'll get overtaken because we're more about like making planes that are like drones that can shoot lasers. It's like, yeah, you don't need 15,000 of those. You just need a dozen. <laughs> yeah, you need uh, one with a laser that points in every direction. Yeah, and it's like that's way that's more powerful than, than your F-15s. Yeah, this thing, whatever. But uh, the second largest Air Force uh, is the U.S. Navy's Air Force. Oh, that's funny. Uh, technically, like, I see, I see. Sh- th- yeah, things that on like aircraft carriers, you're a navy pilot. You're not usually right. not an air force pilot, right? Um, and you know, I guess the coast guard falls under that too. Maybe I don't know, but the point is, yeah, that's the second largest air force. So that's pretty insane. Fair enough. So the other um, thunk correction <clears throat> to make was we were talking about like when uh, humans split off from you know, the branch where chimpanzees ended up in evolution. I sort of drunkenly muttered like 300 million years, but it's 3 million years. Like it's like somewhere between three to oh, yeah. 7 million three, years. 300 million years would be with brontosaurus. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. That was, I was, it was just yeah. a thunked brain fart kind of vibe. Yeah. You, you were on the right track. You had the three, but I'm going to come back to the monkey thing later for today's topic. Yes. What is today's topic, Joe? Today's topic is the, question or problem or issue or reality of happiness happiness what does that mean that's a loaded question yeah why does it mean what it means um it also goes well with like just like words like greed yeah like confused like seeking of happiness yeah and also just like i think the beer angle that we'll try to bring here is like how to just be a cool person and live a cool life without being too much of a dick along the way all right how to be well, your... so, yeah, so... And I think beer starting... helps with that. We'll get to that, too. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> yeah, that's been tried and tested for millennia now, probably, It's right? been tried yeah. and tested for at least um, coming up on 10 years of my own life. Yeah. Well, that that's the thing, is happiness, are you, you measuring it, like, quantitatively or, or qualitatively? Well, I think the question like, is, the first question is, what what is that? What does that word mean? What happiness? If, if you were, Don, if you're a fan of Mad Men, like um, the show, uh, Don Draper, one of my I favorite just... quotes of his, which will go along with the Buddhist angle that I kind of want to uh, take for this question. He says, in a meeting, he screams at some executive, like, well, what the fuck is happiness? It's just a moment before you need more happiness. That's gold, yeah. Um, which like is that. sort of like the central like idea behind Buddhism, I think. Um, but before getting into Buddhism, um, there's so many angles to attack this question of what is happiness from. And I think uh, our specialty definitely wouldn't be the academic philosophical angle. I know some philosophy. I know some, like, brain science and you know whatever but i'm familiar with um it's like a whole language you have to learn how to speak and you have to be familiar with all the papers and the philosophers that's why there's experts that's why there's experts and we can defer to them and that's why you were scared to just use the phrase neuroscience because you're like uh i'm really on the brain science level i'm not a neuroscientist (laughs) well i don't yeah i don't even want to drop a word and make it seem like i'm smarter than i am like i just read the internet and try to connect ideas I realize as I'm writing down notes for the topic of happiness that I sort of use a lot of different lenses to view that idea from, and as consistent as I can make them, I'm happier. Mm. So I can see it from a science angle. I can see it from 
like a meditation mindfulness angle. I can see it from a beer angle, right? And yeah. if all of those can sort of get along in a grander theory of life, I tend to be happy and settled. Well, that makes sense. I'm looking at an issue or an idea like that from multiple perspectives, right? Right. Scientific, spiritual, beer. So can I read like two and a half quotes here? Sure. To get us kicking on this topic. So one of them is uh, from a comedian I really like named Duncan Trussell. He has a podcast called the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. And he's had a lot of Buddhist teachers on there. And he like sort of goes on rants about life and Buddhism and his experience with meditation and retreats and things like that. So he said these two quotes that I really liked. He said, uh, the universe is like a dog. If you're scared or awkward towards the universe, it will snarl at you and attack you. But if you're warm and loving and silly to the universe, it will roll over and show you its belly. Unless you're flying into a black hole. Unless unless uh, the dog's eating your face off. I don't know. Right, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's not a nice dog. But he also said this other one, which is better. If you have dog shit on your shoe, <laughs> then everywhere you go smells like shit. Oh, I like that. You might think the world yeah. smells like shit, but you have dog shit on your You're shoe. You're bringing the shit with You're you. You're bringing the shit. Yeah. So How like, true is that? You think people? everybody yeah. sucks. You think it yeah. smells like shit everywhere, but you just got to clean your act up. Go outside, get a hose, and spray the fucking dog shit off of your shoe. And I mean that as a metaphor, of course. But also, <laughs> but literally, if, if there if is dog shit, dog shit your yeah, go you should pause your the shoe. podcast if you can't bring it with you. Go clean the dog shit off your shoes first, then come back to listening to idiots. I talk promise on the you'll like us and our podcast more if you just go clean the dog shit off of your shoe real quick. But what if they're wearing like sandals or Crocs or something? If well, you that's step even in more dog psychotic. shit barefoot, but... I am sorry. That sucks. Yeah, that's a tough lot in life. Yeah. That's a, yeah, but you got to belt a bad hand, you know? It's one thing if you're wearing, like, an army boot that's laced up to your knee, and it's like, well, it's, it's a lot of work to get this off. But if you're just in sandals and you step in shit, and you're like, I'm going to keep these on. <laughs> that's a decision. It's so much easier to, to, to just abort the, the, the uh, you know, the sandal at that point. Right. Oh yeah, I've aborted many a sandal. No, there are life. some where it's just like, you, you think to yourself, that's got to go. That's, that's no longer a viable piece of footwear. And that's a really yeah. beautiful moment of letting go, which is part of what I want to get into in Buddhism here. <laughs> yeah, so how does that transition exactly All right, to so Buddhism? I, want, I just finished a book on um, sort of mindfulness. It's called Mindful Games by Susan Greenland. Because I'm a music teacher and I wanted to kind of find out ways to bring mindfulness into teaching. That's a great idea. Sure. So um, uh, she mentions this story. I'll just say the story real quick. It's a short little thing. Uh, like two young fish are swimming through the water um, and an older fish swims by and says, morning, fellas, how's the water today? And then the uh, fish swim on and then like a few moments go by and one of the fish looks at the other one and says, what the heck is water? The young fish? Yeah. One of the young fish looks at the other young fish like, what the heck is water? And the idea is like... Um, the 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 angle I like to take towards happiness is that um, it's the really obvious fact of like life that uh, we all overlook. You you mean the fact of just it, living in life? The fact of this is a Sam Harris quote from his book mm -hmm. that I think you oh, read the, some the, of. The waking what um, is it? Waking up. I waking up. Yeah. Yeah. We manage to avoid being happy while struggling to become happy. Mm. So this is the the fundamental like 
flaw of the human condition is that we're seeking happiness and in that process we find ourselves unhappy mm. and always unsatisfied um so we can get back to the the buddhist angle or whatever but um i think we're trying to just give our beer wisdom on you know how to attack this problem from different angles because i go through yeah. the world i see a lot of unhappy people i was at the grocery store today Whew. It can be a dark scene if you just, yeah. like, connect what you're seeing. I think a lot of people go through the world and they don't really look at people and, like, take in well, what they, they're seeing. Th- and they don't look at them as people because people... It's too painful to look at everyone as yeah, a person and, with a life. And you see people sort of stuck in these, um, I guess you would call them just pre... Almost, like, predestined roles where you can you can kind of feel the vibe in that sense where, yeah, they went to school... They met somebody, they got married, they have kids, they got a right. job, and they're fucking miserable. They subscribe with all of it. to like the one, two, three, four, five checklist of life. Yeah. And they're carrying it in their face. There's like yeah. a heaviness to their energy that I know with like me and my friends, like we don't really have that. So I don't think beer is the real well, well, answer, no, but and, it's part and, of it. And not to say that any of those things are obviously bad things, but if you're just doing them to do them because that's what you've been brought up to believe is what brings you happiness and that's not you don't find that out yourself right through through your own sort of journey and realizations that can be a really like you say dark sort of existence yeah and often it's so painful to be let's say 40 years old and think to yourself i kind of regret having kids or i regret yeah. getting married that, that's a that's a heavy package to deal with so most people yeah. ignore it yeah um, the, or, the, or it, they wind up dealing with it in not good ways down right. the road and this right. is where um I, i'll get into like the mindfulness thing actually i think it could be a whole separate podcast like like buddhism and meditation and and the mind oh absolutely but yeah. um i just want to sort stuff. of touch it for this topic of happiness today um but yeah, people people are are often more unhappy than they're willing to admit, and I think yeah, I for think me, true. like diving into unhappiness is like where it's at. Because if you dive in yeah. there, it's not as scary as you might think, and then you come out the other side like with a greater, like more pure version of happiness. Yeah, and and you have to get to that point through the journey of doubt and yeah. the realization that yeah, this sort of just idea of general progression that's going to get you to happiness maybe isn't always how it goes. And when it's funny you say get you to happiness because yeah. there's a sect of Buddhism. I heard on a podcast uh, somebody was saying this. Uh, you know, enlightenment in Buddhism is where you're no longer chasing anything, right? Right. The ego is dissolved. You're no longer chasing after um, yeah. satisfaction. But anyway... <laughs> Often enlightenment itself can be put on this like top of the mountain and like yeah, it's, it's viewed in this. It's like a more object. refined version of the same problem yeah. of chasing happiness. Right. So they call enlightenment the final disappointment. It's like uh, I'm enlightened. Like I'm finally arrived. And yeah. It's like oh, I'm still unsatisfied. <laughs> can I read you a a very brief? It's described as a poem. I think I don't know if I would call it necessarily a poem, but thinking about what you were talking about with music. So as a writer i talked about music well you you said that oh teaching yeah Yeah, yeah. teaching it as so uh i found a quote by one of my favorite authors kurt vonnegut i love kurt vonnegut fantastic stuff right 
Um, for any Almost of, too good. It's yeah, like, for any of you who aren't familiar... This guy was in touch. He's basically, to me, the Mark Twain of the 20th century. I mean, very satirical, um, but with very specific messages in mind, right? Yeah, and there, brilliant, brilliant, like, writing style. Yeah, there, there's meaning really woven within and throughout everything he writes. So, anyways, I found this brief quote of his um, from a piece he wrote in The New Yorker about ten years ago, and... <clears throat> It was about uh, Joseph Heller, who, I don't know if, are you familiar with Catch-22? Catch-22, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another fantastic writer. So uh, this is what he had to say about uh, Joseph Heller, or Joe Heller, as he called him. So this Joey H. This poem, I guess, is is titled Joey H. Joe Heller. Joey Hells. Uh, So he says, true story, word of honor. Joseph Heller, an important and funny writer, now dead, and I were at a party given by a billionaire on Shelter Island. I said, Joe, how does it make you feel to know that our host only yesterday may have made more money than your novel Catch-22 has earned in its entire history? Damn. And Joe said, I've got something he can never have. And I said, what on earth could that be, Joe? And Joe said, the knowledge that I've got enough. Not bad. Rest in peace. Damn. That was like his eulogy, I guess, to, to Joseph Heller. So, you know, it kind of comes back to the idea of like, if if you think like oh I would only be happy if I had X exactly yeah it's right. like okay That's, well let's yeah. run the experiment go and get X and see if you're happy it's like you might be happy for a moment right and this gets into the other angle I want to take um, I'm not trying to take the philosophy angle or the psychology angle like like we already said there are way smarter more qualified people to do that but they don't I would to love to talk to them sometime, right? One of my f- favorite things about podcasts we'll is you can to talk the guest to smart list. people. Yeah. We'll put them on the guest yeah. list. Yeah. Or team, share I, share I, this podcast with your friends so yeah. that like you can hear us talk to smarter people, basically. Yeah. We're doing this for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but sure. um, I like to be fairly informed about all those things enough to sort of make, make connections. And that's what it's about. I can't yeah. go deep in the rabbit hole of literally everything, but... Um, so there's different lenses I, I like to look through, but like that one you just said, I think is also capturing something Buddhism figured out thousands of years ago. That, that's really what I, I noticed that too, as you were saying it, that this is something that people do come to realize. Yeah. I think independently. And so lottery right? winners, why aren't they happy, right? Mm. Well, because it, I mean, there are happy lottery winners, of course, right? Yeah. I have almost no money. <laughs> I'm a musician, and but I would probably say I'm happy, happier than a lot of rich people than, I know. Than a lot of rich people, sure. Or can I, clearly, can money I, is not happiness. But can it I can chime help. in about that part? The money, not <laughs> happiness? Yeah, definitely, because you also know about that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're all, we're all more we're than all qualified. We're all the same boat in terms of money. <laughs> yeah, to comment so, on this topic. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I... Yeah, I was also... I've In my early 20s, had no money. Like, none. Like, triple digits in the bank account at several times. Uh, to it's down than to double doubles. digits. Uh, well, no, I mean like triple digits was a good thing. And then go down to doubles, and if you, you get four you digits, mean, yeah. If you, once you're at four digits, you're like, I'm basically on vacation for the rest of the week. Like, <laughs> you just feel like ah, like I don't have to worry or, or, yeah. or panic or. Yeah. But um, yeah. but recently I got married and moved, and like my wife finally finished school. Uh, so we we jumped like socioeconomic levels from like lower middle class to middle class. And uh, me, 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 me. which it, it's 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 but that's the thing you would think like that's probably one of the bigger jumps most people make in their life. Like, oh, I'm never going to make it. I'm yeah. never going to make it to millionaire status. Statistically speaking, it's just not going to happen for well, me not with at this that point. Attitude. 
also that. I just don't have the drive, and I'm aware <laughs> of it. Well, um, if you don't play the lottery, then no, you won't. Yeah, Johnny. you definitely won't win the lottery if you ex- don't play it. Exactly. Johnny. And I have not bought a ticket in years since I started making money, actually. Ironically. No ambition whatsoever. I actually bought a lot of lotto tickets when I had no money. But, anyways, <laughs> yeah, uh, but happens. like now I have a house instead of an apartment and like a dog. And, you know, instead of trying to like get a ride from somebody to get to work or whatever. Like I have a car, my spouse has a car. So technically I like, you know what I mean? There's just all these more resources that I could pull on. Oh, yeah. my car broke. Instead of like everything being fucked, I have a fallback. And, right, uh, right, right. But you immediately just get caught up in the, the I'm going to quote, I'm not sure which philosopher said it. It was a late 20th century. Uh, mo money, mo problems. <laughs> uh, and it really is true that you know you just because your brain. I was like, I was ready for like a I was ready quote. for something yeah. yeah like Nietzsche or some shit. Uh, like that. No, I think I think it's valid though. I think it's it's no it, no no no. It's, it's very there's a reason why you're saying it now in the 21st century. I mean, that's, there's a that's lot, right. reason a lot of people go to like a really simple version of life when they've they've gone too deep in yeah. in the wrong direction, right. like Wall Street, right. whatever you know, lots of money, lots of adrenaline. It's like. At that end of the day, the moment when you're closing your eyes to go to sleep, are you really present and and grateful and happy, or are you secretly miserable? It's not so. So that's what I'm trying to say. It's not that there are people like that. There's the billionaire that's more pissed about like quarterly reports than he is happy about like his healthy family or whatever. Mm. But right. what I'm talking about is like I think I like to think I enjoy those moments. It's just you get less of them because you literally the more stuff you have, the more assets, the more responsibilities. It just takes up more right. time. Like oh, I got to clean the cars. Oh, I got to cut the lawn. Oh, I got to do this. Right. I got to do that keeps when you busy just have and a, distracted yeah when you have a shithole apartment that you don't give a fuck about because it's not yours and you're getting ripped off you know what i mean right, like you right. don't care yeah, about it mean. uh you're closer to that like uh, uh like pauper monk i like mentality of like well i can really appreciate what i have because like right. that's all i have like if you have but nothing, you get distracted you by all the minutia of yeah. it like there's so many things i need to do around this house i gotta i gotta i just got a shed so i gotta move all this crap out of my basement into the shed so i can redo the floors in there so we can like it's you know what i mean it's, whereas you i'm do living this. in some month-to-month ha- room in a house and i can just piece out any day right. i want yeah. whereas i'm thinking like a month ahead six months a year ten years like oh should we do these floors now are we gonna like we're gonna sell it this that blah, blah. It, it's a whole thing yeah, and like you have a lot of questions dark stuff johnny dark yeah. stuff <laughs> well i have another beer i'm just saying so so our house is on the edge of like a nice area but we're right by a parkway with literally like a like a, a crackhead motel across the street. I from saw it. some interesting characters wandering around there. Yeah, it's got it's complete with the uh, above the in ground pool that's just drained for decades of surrounded in barbed wire. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. and like it's just a full on like some of the doors are smashed out on it, and you'll see people go from the the gas station across the street. And like when they get money from enough cars, like you know the sign, please help. They run back to their motel room probably to go do whatever. But so whatever you see these people, but sometimes you'll just see like a crazy old drunk, and he's just happy as shit with his forty ounce, you know, of yeah. uh, natural ice, and he's just laughing and just like singing or whatever. It's like that guy seems pretty happy, but uh, but then like at work we get, you know, we get some rich people that come in that aren't like aren't happy at all either or yeah. they are like i was gonna say johnny we might come back to you with the angle of being like a bartender part-time. yeah, yeah. You, you probably see um, some interesting stories. i think that's an interesting um like cross-section yeah. that you get to see of society and of people yeah you get all sorts of socioeconomic from the happiest yeah. of people to um sort of 
darker situations where like the same guy comes every day at 5 p.m. to a bar and sits by himself and, that's and his gets family. drunk. Yeah, and in his mind, his mind attached itself to that, you know, bartender's situation, that place as yeah. like a as like a, a connection that they're missing in their There's life. a great documentary on that. It was called uh, Cheers, I think. <laughs> it, 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 it ran for several Yeah, seasons. it ran for like 10 years. Johnny, you, you saw that one, right? Uh, I've, I've heard of it. I'm familiar with it, the work. Um, yeah. uh, but no, I, I see both of that. There's guys that come in that are like that where you're like, oh, it's this guy. And, you know, he thinks that's what he's getting out of it. But there's also, yeah. like, some of these guys, they, they come after, there's one guy in particular, I think, I think he's... Uh, I think his wife died or something, but he still works and like, you know, he, he's, <laughs> he, he's, he's pretty active and stuff, but he likes to come there at least a few nights a week. And I'm actually excited to see him. He's a funny dude. Yeah. He, he just, he, you know, he, he, yeah. uh, he, he just, he likes to drink a couple of beers. And, does, uh, does he come with, does he come with friends? Does fine. he come with friends too, or is that just his vibe? No, he doesn't come with. Sometimes he meets people there from work or whatever, but most yeah. of the time he's just popping in, like after the gym or whatever, and he'll have, just have so a couple he's going beers to the gym. and play That's on his phone. Too. Yeah, good for him. And play on his phone, but like he's about like he has. A, I think he goes to church, and you know he does a he, he has groups he does stuff with. But does, um, does he seem like a right, happy that, guy? That sounds pretty yeah, healthy. yeah. He yeah. seems like a pretty happy, healthy guy. Yeah, so and, you're just part of his community then. He comes more often than some other people that, uh, like, just, you know, that they think, well, because I'm not that guy doing that at the bar. Like, I'm good. And it's like, no, you're all fucked up. You're not getting what you <laughs> well, should out of your life. Yeah. Like, you're that, just waste squandering things. I want to transition from that. Like, uh, we're all fucked up in some kind of way. And if yeah. you're listening to this thinking, like, well, I'm not fucked up in any way. Well, I've got it figured out. Or thinking, like, or thinking that we are not fucked up. We're all sorts of fucked up. Yeah, you're yeah. also taking your lead from some fucking idiots you found on the internet. So you're clearly not the best <laughs> yeah. judge some, of things. Some drunk assholes you're on YouTube. You're 30 minutes into a podcast <laughs> called the Thunk Tank Podcast. So, like, you're kind of <laughs> fucked up, too. And we've, but we've we're right there to, with you. Yeah, that's We've yet point. to declare any credentials then, uh, like, music, uh, writing, and beer. Like, that's not really... <laughs> yeah, those are actual really, jobs. <laughs> Those are, and like we just vaguely like yeah that's what I do <laughs> like we're not experts in our it's fields like in what at context all. you know we're not like well known celebrities starting a podcast we literally just told you that we have a musician a writer and a beer guy yeah and it's not even that like I'm a renowned beer guy where like you could go to other beer guys and be like oh yeah he's known amongst them no we're all oh yeah just you know fucks. Johnny right <laughs> yeah we're just all a bunch of fucking guys so yeah you know. Um, um, yeah, so, you're definitely fucked up if you're listening to this. So go ahead, Luke. I just um, wanted to. <laughs> so let me pull it back to the to the happiness question. So yeah. we're not trying to get too academic here. In fact, the whole reason I go meet Joe for a beer is to sort of like combine the vibe that beer gives you with thinking. So that's kind of the whole point of this podcast is just to record what we do, anyways. But I love when the ideas I come up with while having a beer, usually on beer two, like I'm in the middle of yeah, beer, it's two, beer two and it's I'm, always I'm in the two, golden yeah. zone and yeah. I feel peaceful. I feel really present. And I, I just sort of package my life into like a neat little yeah. unit of like, all right, I'm doing okay. Um, but, and I get but, to but, the same conclusions as like you might see in a philosopher or something else. Like you, you get like a similarly language, <laughs> yeah. like, um, like theory of life, can but you, just from a totally different angle. Yeah, can can you uh, share one of those? Yeah, yeah. I can. 
So, so what you're saying, what you're saying, Luke, is after a couple of beers, you think you sound more intellectual. <laughs> no, he thinks he sounds like Plato. Is what yeah, he's you think you sound more philosophical and more. No, no, intelli- I'm saying it's, that intelligent. No, he's saying wow, he gets that's an, the same that's place. an interesting take on that, Luke. No, I'm saying that like I'm looking at it through a different lens, but I I often get to a similar conclusion that I'll hear about in. Something about philosophy, something about right. uh, Buddhism. Yeah, some... whatever the meaning was yeah. behind what they were. And I arrived presenting. at it through the path of like, you know, sitting at the beach having a beer, watching the water, or sunset, or somebody else did it by like reading like the whole human history of philosophy and coming up with some sort of like, you know, really intellectually. I see what, I see what you're saying. Bulletproof argument. What you're trying to console is the fact of getting there that way versus getting there by yeah. just experiencing and. And reflecting like, upon what they said. Not that I think the brain works this way, but almost like right brain, left brain. You know, there, there's like sort of the logically powerful intellectual way to arrive there mm-hmm. and then the more spiritual way to arrive there. Yeah, sure. And I like to find a balance of the two. Um, so I'll, you asked me for um, what I figured out of a theory of life, right? No. So I... I oh, you didn't? <laughs> Wait, I thought Johnny did. Like, you just keep going. Um, oh, did I ask you that? Well, I, I said, like, I, <laughs> no, if I'm on beer two, I figure something out. And you said, what did you figure oh, out? Oh, oh, oh. I, I didn't know specifically into theory of life, but that makes sense. You're right. Well, you know, it's yeah. it. sometimes it's just like, oh, this beer's good. And sometimes I'm like, oh, man, like, right. I yeah, figured that's, something out Okay, here. so it's, it's that figured out yeah. thing here. Okay. Gotcha. And what I figured yeah. out is that um, there are a number of catchphrases, like short things that I come back to regularly when um, you find yourself in a stormy part of life in some kind of way Mm. that things are too complicated to like go read a book right but if you have a catchphrase that reminds you like where the land is you can get your shit back to something more grounded so like one of them I heard a comedian say he's a comedian writer forgetting the name Um, he's like I tell my kids this simple philosophy of life try hard and be nice it's like that accounts Great. for a lot. Yeah. That it, will cover a lot of what you have to do in life. Yeah. Well, almost all of it like yeah. will fit into that grand theory, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I like that one. But my personal one I came up with, um, I, I don't know when, it must have been years ago, but I've sort of like always come back to this is everything is editable. So in your own mind, you have to be willing to change anything. Do you say edible? Editable. Editable. Not edible like edible weed. No. <laughs> editable. It's editable. able to be edited. Okay. So be willing to change anything. Right. The process of like growing as a human means you have to burn off some of your past. So particularly what you thought with, is true. So particularly with those worldviews or what we decide Especially are reality. Yeah, yeah, what we decide be are willing realities. to ditch yeah. everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or, or change. And then the second yeah. rule is everything seems to exist in some kind of a balance. What does that mean? Meaning that, you know, almost, I haven't found anything where I can be like, yes, definitely only this and not this. Like everything seems to be a spectrum of some sort of balance. And it's like, yeah, like try hard and be nice. That's a great one. Be nice. But it's like, well, you can't be so nice that you're a pushover. Right? Or that you don't get anything for yourself, that right. you can't go on to do more good stuff. So everything's a balance. If you keep the yeah. idea like, okay, I want this, but I, I don't want to go too far to sure, get. Yeah. So I found those two rules to hold true. Like pretty much, pretty much any time I'm in the thicket of something, I'm like, all right, 
do I have to change yeah. the way I'm viewing this situation? Yeah. I ask myself that. And then I ask, do I just have to change the balance? Like, am I yeah. being too much of a dick here by yeah. insisting on this thing? Or am I being too flexible? Those are, those are some really great, I guess I would call them baseline premises to live by, right? Where uh, ev- everything else can kind of work into that, right? I think the word you're yeah. looking for is tenets. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like an umbrella that other great more specific beer. things can fit into. Mm. Wait, is that why they named the beer tenants? No, it's spelled differently. I thought so, too. Dang. It's an English beer for those of you. Uh, No, it's not. It's a Scottish lager. Is son it? Of a bitch. Oh, shit. Don't call it English. I thought they had it all... Hey, Joe, in... stick to the writing, I right? thought they had it all in... I thought they had it in London, though. They did, but the brewery is in, in Edinburgh. Oh, I, I, that's that's not the impression I got at all. Oh, man. Well, just don't t- call <laughs> Scottish... Don't tell Scottish people their shit is English. They don't like that. Um, but Did you drop yeah, your hamburger? No, I, I hit my I hit my charging cord on my phone. I almost fucked everything up. Um, uh, yeah. Anyways. So Johnny or Joe, do you have any, like, um, sort well, of Luke, you, you theories just remi- of life? That I got have? lots of them. But, Luke, you just reminded me of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't he just say, like, oh, yeah, I have several. He goes, like, full, full like, drinking. Oh, I got lots. I got lots right. of them. Believe me, but, I got uh, lots of yeah. them. Uh, but, no, I just wanted to say... Uh, Fuck, now I blanked. I was trying to get it out before I forgot. Dude, this is why I write things in my phone. Oh, oh, oh. So, no, Luke, when you said that, the thing about everything is editable, uh, you reminded me of a quote from uh, a writer, uh, Neil Stevenson, one of his characters. I think it was... uh, Roger, uh, Lord Ravenscar, whatever. It doesn't matter what book it's from. Yeah, that's, but he's that's being fucking accused. You're going to get called out on the next he's week. Being, uh, he's being oh, accused yeah, of being... sending emails already. I just oh, got one in oh, related to the podcast. Uh, anyways, um, is the character Roger Comstock, I think he says it. And uh, he I gets accused of, of not being as smart as somebody else or not as qualified. Um, or not being as educated. And he goes, well, it's better. I consider myself educable and it's better to be educable than educated. And I always think of that sure. line. Oh, when, I like that. When, yeah. when I, when I have those moments, Luke, where I'm like, this guy just isn't edit, able to edit his program. And that's causing him way more suffering uh, trouble than he realizes that, than if he just could just reexamine it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think of that, that line a lot. It's, it's how it's willing I'm not educated. Yeah. I'm not educated, but I like to think I, I try to learn. So. Well, but, but, but that's Johnny, more, that's you're more, more educated than yeah. people I know that have PhDs because I think they're, you know, there's more to being educated than how much knowledge you have. It's how well your knowledge incorporating machine in your yeah. mind works. So that's a perfect example. When I so I I do in fact teach writing. Uh, I do, in fact, play music. Yeah, just and Johnny just, does, just, in fact, do beer. Yeah, just, We're not just so you're aware, we actually right do have jobs, yeah. like in our rel- relative fields. They don't pay fields. extremely well. No, that's why. Yeah, but this doesn't pay either. Yeah. So that's why we are doing this. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, primarily, what I teach. Yeah, I teach writing. But what I'm really teaching is, it, like you say, is is honing in on that machine, that those mechanisms of. Filing the gears of that machine yeah. to work well. Exactly. Yeah. Whether that's producing thought, whether that's analyzing, taking information and, and really assessing, okay, is this quality information? Is this accurate information? Is this biased or unbiased information? What do I do with this from here? Who's telling it? What is their yeah. motivation and, that's, and intention? And that's the students. And I, I have students who come back two, three, four years later, and they still tell me this was the most important class I took in college. 
And oh, I'm sure they did. <laughs> all of them, Luke. No, no, I know what you mean because, like, I, I also think that. But there's a reason why, and it's, but it's not because I'm sitting down and saying, "All right, grammar rules. Like, you got to know this, this, and that, and that's how you make a perfect sentence." That's their cue to tune out. Exactly, and they and they will. So what I teach instead is, is like giving them those tools of analysis and thought. It's and almost like when you say something that ties into self-assessment that's true. too. True. Yeah. Like, a grammar rule is true, but it's not so deep that it, it's like... It doesn't matter. It's grabbing their attention. Yeah. But when you say something true, like, hey, folks, it when you read a piece of information that somebody writes down yeah. in a blog that's or what, a That's paper, what's really important. How do you interpret that information in the best way possible? Like, that's deeper level of truth. Yeah, yeah. That's going to help you out yeah. to be a cool person later in life as yeah. you like navigate well, figuring out what the fuck this life is yeah especially unfortunately they agree with too shouldn't that be the point of like all education from it like should all be. levels johnny that's, that's, words, that's why that's what i teach because a lot of people thinking. aren't teaching it too many people aren't teaching it i'm yeah. a teacher also like not in a there's a, a public need, there's a real, there's a real need for this i though. teach private music lessons but and so i can you... really get into individuals like brains and figure mm. out how they're thinking well, not that's, so much that's you that's huge too is assessing yeah. what everybody needs because and i don't see enough thinking i i don't see no. i don't see kids who are getting enough lessons in how to think critically nope. and how to how to even well you're waiting until they're fucking 18 to be like oh we're gonna try like critical thinking and self-examination it's like oh really uh, yep. i haven't done that before and it's yep, like right. yeah well they one semester it. of it probably it's way too late to start on that it's not way too late but it's it's not a it's, good it's place. not ideal yeah it's not well, ideal, i'm not saying but... it's it's too late for i mean to i only be let, effective. let's be perfectly it's just honest too late as a society to think you're oh, it's really bad that this is people. this is how society functions i only started doing it in my early 20s to be perfectly honest. Oh, I didn't know what the hell was going um, on in I think school. you can um, help Absolutely. somebody arrive there. This is why I loved the book Mindful Games. Is it's sort of like, how do you like sort of provide the structures of mindfulness? And mm-hmm. like, what would you say mindfulness means? Have you, how, how far have you gotten in that Sam Harris book, Waking <coughs> Up? Are you talking to me? Did no, you, did Joe. you hear my burp? Yeah, yeah, the burps are just uh, assumed background noises. Uh, not not that far. I think I'm like 40, 50 pages in. I started um, reading Confederacy of Dunces, which is a great book if you haven't read it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I have not. Oh, it's really good. I'll give it to you when I'm done. So, like, um, the, the word mindful, like, it sort of has a, a, a definition. He, he addresses this in the book? Well, so the book is about, um, it's called Waking Up, it's a, a Guide book, to yeah. Spirituality Without Religion. It's sort of like, how do you... Um, it's really genuine find a meaningful yeah. life this guy spent you know three month periods at a time on silent retreat the silent retreat that's right um yeah i really want to do one of the 10 day retreats um <laughs> yeah. no they they exist everywhere no no, no i'm just saying that um, like you, you couldn't do like a, a 30 day no like, no i mean and they, they don't recommend it like you should you should get your first experience as yeah. maybe they say don't do a weekend because it's too short because the yeah. first three days of a retreat are going to be really painful mm, as and then you it's sort they 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 talk about it like water skiing you're just constantly swallowing water for the first three days <laughs> you get up yeah. at 6 a.m and you meditate for 18 hours or 16 hours a day something like that and holy um, shit you, there's lectures like interspersed throughout. Wait, you, so they get to talk? They get to talk and Bastards. and teach you. It's teaching, right? Yeah. Um, so th- they say like you want to do more than three days, but n- don't jump into a month or something. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I think he says his first one, he got nothing out of it. 
he says he was miserable. Right. But, but that's interesting, right? Well, he learned from that, though. So and he was also, I think, a teenager at the time. Yeah, yeah. He was like a, a, that's a little too structured for me. I want to do one of the circadian retreats. Have you heard, heard about those? Nah. It's uh, it's like the a, a, a radical treatment for insomniacs and stuff. People that like need sleeping pills and shit, and they have to go off them. Uh, apparently, if you just like go live in nature for or like without any artificial lighting for, I think it's ten to to fourteen days. Your body just resets to a circadian sure, okay, rhythm. Okay. Oh, that's so, cool. but you can't have any sort of like you're not even allowed to use uh, like electronics or cell phones during, during the, the day. day. Like yeah. it's only natural light, and your body just resets. That's and cool. you just have to be strict with it and not fuck it up the programming when you go back to your uh, you know Western lifestyle. Yeah, is there is there an app? For that? I, I can just get. Is there an app? I can <laughs> yeah. just. But I would I would do yeah. that because because <laughs> that's a lot that's a lot less structured. If you're like, all right, you're in the woods. For two weeks, um, you know, try to build something. Like, try right. to make some bricks out of clay or something because you can't use your phone. Like, that's a lot. I can't sit there <laughs> for 16 no hours. I can't sit there for 16 hours while people smarter than me explain things I don't understand. I'd probably kill myself. Well, so... <laughs> or just get angry. Let me let me give the best yeah. pitch for mindfulness I can. Yeah. Since this is a big um, angle that I, I like the, the happiness question about. Um, Joseph Goldstein is one of the main guys that brought let's say, Buddhism and Buddhist ideas back to the West. And he said a very simple um, statement that I really come back to a lot. Um, If you want to understand your mind, sit down and observe it. And so the idea of mindfulness, mindfulness is a quality of mind where um, when you're first sitting there, you begin a mindfulness-like session meditation um, by just trying to pick an anchor, something to anchor your attention to. It could be the breath. It could be the feeling of your body sitting there. It could be could be lots of things. I, I prefer the breath. I feel the um, sensation of the air hitting the tip of my nostrils, and that's my anchor. That's interesting, yeah. They also call this the um, spotlight of attention. And so the anchor is something that you constantly return to, and what you notice is if you sit there and try to feel your breath, let's say you set a timer on your phone for five minutes, you'll probably make it two breaths or less before your mind wanders to a thought. Mm. And then the only goal is to return to the breath. And then you wander and you return to the breath. And the first thing you learn is that your mind is constantly thinking in an insane, repetitive way. When you finally get up on the water skis, which happens with some practice, it is a practice, you get better as you do it, you actually get to this cool moment where you see a thought get born. In other words, you see a thought pop into the space of your mind before it has grabbed your attention. So previously, you were sitting there thinking, I'm going to focus on my breath with my attention. And then you notice, oh my God, I'm not thinking about my breath, I'm thinking about my to-do list, I'm thinking about whatever. And then you come back to the breath. But when you're really being mindful, and this process is called Vipassana, by the way, in, in, in Buddhism. Um, when you're being mindful, you're right there and you watch the thought appear from nowhere. It came from nowhere and just like a cloud passing through the sky popped into your view. And you have no idea where it came from or why, but you can observe it in a way, they call it metacognition, 
Mm. It means seeing a thought without being lost in the thought. Right. Seeing it actually arise. That, you know, a lot mindfulness definition a fourth grader gave to this meditation teacher I follow. I've read a lot of her books. Um, she asked the fourth grader, what is mindfulness? And he said, it's not punching someone in the mouth. <laughs> Basically, like when you're in starting to feel angry, oh, okay. you notice you're angry well before the consequential actions that you might commit. So you can have a label right. for the different states of mind that come up. Oh, this is the angry mind. This is the jealous mind. Right. This is the stressed mind. Yeah, this is the insecure mind. mind. Right. And you're in a different place. You're observing all of this from a more stable place, watching the fucking wave pattern of your mental life go by. And that should make you... I, well, that would make you, by definition, more objective, but that's probably a good thing, right? I think so. It makes you less... The, the big um, concept from meditation that I, I, again, one of these catchphrases that I keep right at, at, my, uh, at the ready is respond, don't react. Reactions that's, happen that's great advice. automatically. Yeah, that's really great advice. Responses happen when you notice a reaction in your mind yeah. and then you decide what to do with that reaction. Yeah, that makes sense. So you don't have to hurt other people with anger. You can notice the anger and then say, okay, this is the angry mind. Right. In Buddhism, they, they might even call those, uh, like, the different dragons in your mind. Ooh, I like that. You bow to the dragon, which you means you give it respect. Dragon. Yeah, no, you, you must respect the Give dragon. it respect, because yeah. that anger dragon, this ties into the other main um, thing I, I thought about leading into this episode, which is evolutionary psychology. Because Buddhism and evolutionary psychology tie in very well. I could see that. Um Evolutionary psychology basically studies, like, how did our brain evolve to survive? Evolution, natural selection involves surviving, right? Yeah. So how did you survive? Um, are you... If you're going to pass on your genes to the next generation... You have to figure some shit out. You have to successfully yeah. do that. Yeah. You have to get angry and defend your territory. You have to well, when, find but food. But when the situation to, arises, yeah, you have yeah. to react to those stimuli, for sure. Yeah, Good. and so the, the basic idea is that um, evolution did not equip our brains to be happy. Well, why would it? Evolution did not equip our brains to stay happy, so we are designed for happiness to evaporate. Well, wouldn't it equip our minds to pursue happiness? Exactly. Yeah, and right. then when we find it, it evaporates so that we can find it again. Right. Because when you find food, you can't be so happy as to not think about your next meal. Yeah. That's important for survival. When you have sex, you can't be so happy as to not think about having more sex. Because, like, I don't know if you know this, Joe, but sex leads to babies. Especially if you're a monkey. Right. Yeah. And, and we are monkeys. Like, sorry. Like, if you don't believe in evolution and you're listening to this... Have another beer. Have another beer. Yeah, I don't please. know. Give it a chance. We'll get to our evolution <laughs> episode eventually. It'll be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Stick with hang, us hang until in there. Come on. Uh, <laughs> we'll, I we'll really get... find a lot of... Um, inner peace when I consider the idea of evolutionary psychology and I, I don't I don't need to be perfect anymore I don't need to worry about what I'm thinking in other words I allow dark thoughts to rise and fall in my mind yeah. because I know what matters is what I do with that and right, if I can yeah. be mindful and say hey this this anger mind that might be arising right now this evolved to protect me. This is there as yeah. a way to... Yeah, you, you put a context around it. Yeah, and yeah, I bow to sense, it, yeah. as they say, which means you give it respect. You even love it, right? You can love, like, the dark things and then understand that that evolved to protect you. Yeah. But it's like, what do you do with it? 
Right. So you're the, so ready to see the new Star Wars movie, by the way. You're you're oh all God. you're all into the dark side, man. This is I'm great. into I'm into that um sort of like yeah, the relationship between that like dualities, let's say. It, well that's kind of what that's that's all about. Buddhism is all about like collapsing dualities, so like you know, whether it's good or bad or being like in other words, death is a big one, I think. I think mm. death terrifies people. And it, it more, prevents more them than from they being realize. happy in the present I, moment. I, I think people are very... They Way put, more like, than bl- they realize. They put blinders on to yeah. it, right? They put bl- in different ways. They, people put blinders on to a lot of things. Like, what I was just saying about mindfulness and, like, noticing states of your mind. If you notice those enough, the first thing you have to say to yourself is, like, like why would I lie to myself? This does exist in my mind. I can mm. I can be honest about that. And then I choose what to do with it. But that's the don't thing. hurt people but with that, it. But that's the thing that other people do. They create these frameworks where they're able to then say whatever they want to themselves and convince themselves of what the, whatever they want. Sure. Which is much different than what you're talking about. But if if what they're saying is like too far from reality, then reality comes crashing back in at a certain moment in their life. But how do you? Well, and that inevitably will happen. But for which is why you have to be editable. Well, that's why you should be. Yeah. That's the benefit of it, right? That's the benefit is that when reality... So here's one of the big themes of Buddhism. Um, Everything changes. So if everything's changing... Change is the only constant. You can't make your home in something permanently, right? Right. So you can't live in something that's always changing. Right. But you can live somewhere else, right? You can live in... This is my favorite sentence... Uh, a Buddhist guy I follow named Jack Cornfield says, he calls it the wisdom of insecurity. Jack Cornfield? Yeah, okay. with a K. <laughs> okay, just making sure, yeah. Really amazing guy. Whenever I'm in a dark place, like, I listen to him and immediately, like, reset the, cool. the internal vibe. Um, the wisdom of insecurity. Basically, I can't hold on to something, but I can learn how to surf. So the waves are always going to go up and down. Which is way more fun. But you can learn how to surf. Yeah. Stop swallowing water and like just surf, you know? You have to... And the idea is like you can't have good without bad. You can't be born without dying. You can't... Well, they call it yeah. the 10,000 joys, 10,000 sorrows. What if I freeze my head, though? <laughs> yeah, that's possible. You upload yourself as a program. Yeah, you I think you're okay. And then you're computer? just a suffering program. You don't know that, how I feel as well, a program. You're a suffering co- program in a meat computer right now. So. I know. I have a wetware called a brain. Um, yeah. Wow, that was good. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, See, I always think of things uh, for some reason, because I'm weird, going back to the 1600s. Uh, yeah, you keep going back to the Baroque. Uh, I know. Uh, I've been I've been thinking about that time period lately. And, uh, hey, it's I've revolutionary re- time period. I've been reading. Yeah, the Enlightenment is a yeah. pretty amazing time period. I think we're, I think we're at the other end of the pendulum swing from it right now. To be honest, uh, uh, I would say you're not you're not far off with that. That's. A I feel like everyone system. probably thought like the fascism of the 1940s was, but I think it's. I think we're still. Well, well people fought that against way. that though. Yeah, like, it's like, still... people are much more complacent today. I feel like right. But uh, I just, I just, I'm thinking of uh, Gottfried von Leibniz's uh, metaphysics. He was a pretty crazy, dude. Yeah, but, but uh, he was smart. He, 
He was smart, and he always said he had a, a theory of monads, which uh, oh yeah, the monads. It, I remember monadologies. Actually, it's a bunk science now, but it was like a theoretical right. atomic science that is some of the things he got kind of right. Sound kind of sound like electrons and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but whatever. He was more of a philosopher than a scientist for some reason. But didn't he uh, uh, co create calculus, the calculus too? Yeah, he invented it, uh, but. Uh, at the same time as Newton? Yeah. Is it well, sort of like natural Newton, selection with Darwin and Wallace? Was it convergent well, evolution Newton, did, yeah, convergent yeah. calculus mm-hmm. in a sense? No, no, I mean, like, Darwin and Wallace both independently came up with natural selection. No, that's what I mean, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Well, the I thing that, that was, the thing that was weird is because is Newton was insane, so when Likens <laughs> went to publish it, he How could found you not out, be insane at that time period? Yeah, with, inventing with, calculus. Yeah. <laughs> When Leibniz went to publish it, he found out that Newton had invented it like 10 years before and didn't publish it. And he's like, well, do I publish it or not? Because this guy's just sitting on it. But like, I also have calculus too. So it was a weird thing where I think he tried to publish his first, but Newton's was – it's it's a whole historical dispute. They had some beef. But they had some beef. They never squashed it. But that's why you don't hear about Leibniz because Newton kind of won. But uh, he, he talks about the two great labyrinths of the mind, that when you start thinking about these things, uh, you always get drawn down. And the first one is free will versus uh, pre- predestination. Cherished. Oh, I love that. Yeah. The limitation of the human and, like, your own computer to reason with. Like, you know, if am I in control of it or not? Because that impacts your conclusions a lot. And the other one's the composition of the continuum. Like, what what's going on? Like, what are we? Like, what's made up? And so I just always think about those two. When you talk about, like, evolutionary science still, you can think of it in those ways now, like 400 years later. I like the uh, idea of thinking of myself anytime from the evolutionary perspective of, like... like my the the base like the more you you and you don't have to be a meditator to discover this you can just be like a thoughtful person i think mindfulness sitting down to do it just gives you like a very naked view of your mind well it gives you your own platform from from which to, to explore start. that yeah and you can start peeling away and that's layers, how you have to do right? it yeah so you right. think anger is an emotion but like when you look at anger and you peel away enough layers you realize underneath anger is fear fear of mm. abandonment fear of Fear of death. Even, I was going to say know? fear of abyss or oblivion. Fear right? of chaos, of, yeah. of nothingness. Yeah. And so one of the fundamental things of Buddhism is that, and we can get into this maybe in a whole other episode. It's a I, whole I think that's, fucking a, that's thing. a whole, yeah, new but episode. But it's, it's definitely. the idea that, that the ego gives you this idea, like when you say I, when you say the pronoun I, like I'm going to the store, what do you mean? Me, God. Well, you mean that like you feel like a you, and you feel like you're riding behind your eyes in some sort of spaceship. Like when you, yeah, you don't yeah, think totally. you're identical to your finger because if your finger got chopped off, you would be like, my finger is gone, but I'm here. No, I'd probably be like, ah! yeah, you would, you would be screaming in pain <laughs> for, for a bit. Probably. I wouldn't be like, huh? It is interesting that my yeah. finger have no longer be a part of me. Call nine one one. Heads off. So. Uh, you feel like you're a you behind your eyes, but and I've had this experience. I'm pretty sure it's hard to say because like you get a glimpse of it so fast in meditation. But you do a really cool thing where you start, you go from this spotlight of attention, like the anchor on the breath, and you make it more of a floodlight of attention. So you then open up to all awareness, but you're you've built up this concentration, so you're not just lost in thought. You're actually sitting there watching like this movie screen of your mind right and then 
another step you can take is to take that attention, watching thoughts as they arise, watching images as they arise in your mind, and turn it back on itself. So you hear a sound, and you might think to yourself, well, the tingling in my um, ankle and the sound of the bird in the tree over there are both the same thing. They're in the same place in my mind. In other words, you see that everything arises in your mind, right? Mm -hmm. And then you take it one layer further, which is you take that attention and try and locate yourself inside your mind. Turn the attention back on itself and you try to find yourself like this center and you realize there is no center and it drops away for a moment and you're just like this, like open awareness for a second and then like, it comes crashing back in. You're freaking me out, man. Oh, man. That, that's that's the layers I go pretty deep sometimes. And then when I open my eyes after that, I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm late for beer. work. <laughs> I need a <laughs> beer. Oh, yeah. So so the answer to happiness is beer and meditation. I, I would say uh, that's a good path. I would say, like, I would give, if you only gave me, like, less than 10 words to tell somebody, that might be the words I choose. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say one other thing, too. Um in terms of sitting down, when you can notice like that you have to just accept like my mind is going to give me some dark shit, um, it's way easier to go forward from there. And when you pretend like you don't have dark shit, this Buddhist teacher says, it's like hiding the chocolate chip cookies when you're on a diet in your own house. Like <laughs> You know like where that. the fuck the chocolate chip cookies are. Yeah. Like If you yeah. really need to eat them, you'll go eat them. You're not or if really you really don't want to eat them, you'll get rid of them. Yeah, leave them on the counter. What's the difference? Yeah, right. You know, just look at them yeah. and recognize what they are. And then you, you actually have way more freedom in how you respond to people instead of react. That's funny you say that because that was sort of my, my solution to just eating healthy in general. And I, I taught my dad that right. with, with the cookies as a very tangible example where... I, he explained, he was, I was talking to him one day and he was asking, yeah, how do you, how, I, I just can't do it, you know, not eat cookies and candy and all this crap all the time. Yeah. And he said, how do you do it? And I said, well, you're probably going to have a Klondike bar after dinner, right? For dessert. And he says, yeah. And I said to him, what's the difference if you have that Klondike bar after dessert, uh, for dessert after dinner tonight, or you don't and you have it next week? Yeah. And he said, well, nothing. It's just, I'll have it next week. And I said, do you know what a Klondike bar tastes like? And he said, of course I do. And I Think said, about it. I yeah. said, so what's the difference? You're just going, you're just waiting right. until the next Klondike bar. So from the mindfulness angle, you'd be like, well, to be, to be that mindful, you realize you sort of, you zoom out enough to be like, hey, yeah. The Klondike bar was replacing what I thought would be happy, but mm-hmm. that's a that's a um, but it, it and it, delusion. And it goes back to your point about you're always looking for the next Klondike bar. Ha- the, every Klondike bar is the moment before you want another Klondike another bar. Klondike bar. And yeah. I said that's <laughs> that. There's no difference. You know what it is. So what's the difference if you don't have it now? You can just yeah. remember what it tastes like because that's going to be so, you right after you have the Klondike bar, anyways. And he lost like 50, 60 pounds. Yeah, he looks great. It works. I'm telling you, like it's yeah. It, it makes sense because you, really, you don't have, we're not you have to get rid assess. of pleasure. Like, yeah, don't get rid of beer for us is pleasure. Yeah. The, I think, I think the first step is just to recognize that that is the reality. What, what e- is evolution the reality? didn't, uh, uh, natural selection didn't select our brains to see reality clearly. Right. And a lot of well, our suffering comes from not seeing reality clearly. Well, there are certainly more and less clear ways to see it. You, yeah. Like we said in the very beginning, you could see reality as like my mission in life is yeah, to find right. a wife, to make kids, yeah. to make them. Um, because Jesus told me. Well, you could have cultural reasons and explanations for it. Well, there's plenty of them. Behind yeah. it is really this evolutionary sure, psycho- yeah, psychological right, structure right. that's 
controlling yeah. your behavior in ways that you haven't been able to unpack. Well, it's layers it's, you didn't yeah, go but into. It's there regardless if I hit you over the head and you didn't remember any of the preconceived shit you came up with or you were told. You, you would, would still enact st- that. St- yeah, you would still be like, I guess I'm going to make babies. So th- this is the CEO model of consciousness, which is there is no CEO. Instead, there are all these modules and they're bidding for your attention. So you don't have sex for a while. The sex module starts bidding for your attention and you start feeling like like you're you you need to have sex more, right? You notice things yeah, you sexually go, more. Yeah, um, uh, maybe uh, the um, you know uh, eating module is something that tells you, like, dude, you should focus your attention on finding a meal, right? Then there's the, the like there's all these modules. What's the CEO doing during all of this? Well, so the CEO is the illusion. There is no CEO. Right, yeah. You you think you're the CEO, right? But in meditation, when you get deep enough and and sort of just turn your attention back on. It's like the CEO looking in the mirror. He doesn't see his reflection. Because he's a vampire. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Um, fuck. Yeah. yeah, you got real meta there. <laughs> got real deep in the Buddhism. So, uh, do we want to fit in a quick, like, uh, one, two, three punch of, uh, would you rather... I, I mean, we could if, if, if we have time. It's up to Johnny's yeah, let's, schedule. Let's do it. Let's, uh, let's go for right, it. Let's book it. How do we usually do it? Would you rather... I don't think uh, it matters. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll go first then. Sure, um, go for it. He didn't prepare. All right. Would you rather? Well, I have a few options actually. I'm trying to decide which one to use. Okay. Think of the best one, then go with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> start right. with the best first. Yeah, start with the best. Yeah. <laughs> we may never make it through that. Yeah. So. All right. Would you rather? Your worst fears come true. Like you go into a machine and it As figures if I know out what they are. Oh hell no! I know what they are. And I, I know what they are. They involve like snakes. They involve spiders for me. Yeah, <laughs> so lots your of worst giant fear spiders. has to come true to you, or you have to watch two best of your best friends have their worst fears come true to them. Oh, second one. Oh well, he's trying to get us with some like deep, like philosophical <laughs> question that I should think about and solve or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> and have right. like moral You're, reasoning behind. Yeah, but, yeah I'm, I'm sorry, like, 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 we're, we're <laughs> yeah. delving it's into like, our own conscious... friends. We're like, oh yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like, dude, you, you you made a deal with the wrong genie. And Luke, guess what? Stop going to and genie Luke, guess bars. Guess what? I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Well, no, really, I don't know what I would pick. Yeah. I, I mean, right. in, in the moment, you know, who In the who moment, I would probably pick me as a default and just think, like, that's one less human suffering. No, yeah, I would snakes, pick you bro. as a default and think. Well, yeah, but, like, am I am I going to make it out the other side? Do I know that? Or is it, like, literally coming Yeah, through? no, I mean, spiders would have to, like, devour me in order for this to come true, so I wouldn't then survive that's, it. That's, uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I guess, see, that's where it falls apart, because then that would have to happen, and that... You're dead in a horrible way. You'd rather yeah. So watch. I'd rather assume that Luke's worst fears are I don't know. He runs out of beer and has to like drink wine or something. I don't also, know. Also, like, is it is it does I it don't count know your as worst your worst are. fear? If like I I find with fear, like it's one of those things you can go in your mind and unpack, and then when you like do it enough, you can actually rewire your brain to be like like I think a fear is wired into the brain as sort of we haven't figured out this problem, so you better stay aware of it. Like, Whoa. bunnies haven't figured out yeah. how dogs work. So they're very aware and ready to run away, right? Yeah, because they're like, that's not a fucking bunny. That's not okay. That yeah. that thing is yeah. weird. It's a monster. Humans have not... We figured out how lots of animals work, and I don't have a fear of pigs. 
But I do have a fear of snakes because I don't know how they fucking work. And they have no emotion behind their eyes. They're just slithering along and they, they, they don't, you can't get any of that mammal like, like data collection. You just see like a machine. That's why they scare me. Um, no, which really they, means... they scare you because the snakes have been around longer than mammals, so we evolved to be like, yeah, don't fuck with those things. That well, don't no, have no, legs. I agree with you from an evolutionary perspective. I mean, like when I'm psychologically trying to figure out why I'm scared of them from the top down, mm. from the bottom up is always evolution because we evolved from the inside out. You know, so like our fear of snakes runs all the way back to when we were like little monkey creatures, like roaming around in the trees and, and, and having to keep a, a checkout for snakes, like, slithering along on the forest floor. Right. So, I mean, you ever see those videos where they put a cucumber next to a cat? No. Yeah. They, they put a cucumber behind a cat yeah. while it's eating or something, and then when the cat's just, like, chill and, like, sort of turns around, its body, like, springs and they just jump up six feet. Well, because Why cats can fuck up a lot of animals, they think but it's snakes snake. can... Oh, yeah, shit. a snake can fuck up a cat, just... And so the cat's, like, like reaction to that survival mechanism is to spring up so fast, you don't even see how they do it. Right. But, like, what else could get out of the way because, fast enough of a snake? Because the cats that didn't do that got snaked. Exactly. And well, so, like, those, one of the cats uh... did it, like, three feet, and, like, the snake was still, like, got you. And then yeah. one of the cats finally got high enough, and, like, those cats, like, banged more other cats and made more cat babies that sprung. I'm gonna. I'm gonna totally. Well, that, write was a, that. that was a beautiful sentence. If you if you actually write that out as a full sentence, yeah. Is so that somebody your... somebody in the comments, please do that because I would really like to see that as a full sentence, please. I want to walk into like a speaking like a like a lecture at a hall, and that's the sentence that's being said. <laughs> like, I, I would, I would just open late. with that. That's cold where open. I would like find a seat really quick and just take out my notepad. You know, yeah. like you like, always like, wearing my like, take your time yeah. sitting. That's yeah. like, oh, I'm missing the best part. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I would pick myself, but I, d- I think that Would You Rather um, does open up, like, a cool conversation about, sure, like, yeah. like, what is fear? Like, let me um, unpack fear, and you can go layers but, and layers But it might, not, it, it might also not be something that you've even been totally yeah. cognizant yeah, of. Yeah, you're not well, filling in a box. Most of those things you're not cognizant of until you put yeah. the spotlight of attention on it, yeah. so to yeah. speak, and, like, really unpack it. Like, um, that's one of the great things... Um, again, to come back to the the meditation thing, is that you can, um, the more layers deep you pick apart your own mind and become mindful of, like you learn how it works, you you aren't as surprised by what's happening in your mind. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, of course, I have this jealous part of my mind that um, enacts when I learn this kind of information. I have this anger part that happens whenever... um, I combine not eating enough with like being late for something but, like or whatever do, it is. And do you feel like that's knowing that or being uh, conscious of that and aware of that is more of an advantage then? I think so. I, I would think say so. I right? think you're less tossed around. Your ups. You're, well, you're less sort of and downs are less yeah, extreme. You're, you're less tied to those. Um, you're living in a different compart- place. Yeah, those compartments controlling you. I'd rather see you in better living conditions, as they say. Like. Don't live in this in like this. Who says that? A Buddhist teacher. Okay. It's like live in a nicer room in the house. You know. All right. I got one more. Then I got a better one. Give me one more <laughs> shot. 
No, no. I I was trying wait, to say I, that's I, a really I have good one. one. I, have, I have one more question, Johnny, uh, Mr. Genie. What if I choose? What if I choose? Be respectful to the genie, otherwise no, they'll no. come back and give well, you a and this, no, and this is why I'm being respectful because my question is: What in this case, particular case, if I choose neither, what happens? Oh yeah, um, all three of your f- worst fears happen. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You you and your standard two best plate genie yeah. Yeah. rule. Yeah. yeah, you just wanted people to understand why you guys have to pick one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't well, think of us like um, like yeah. uh, bad people for playing this genie game. Not choosing is always worse. Not choosing is mostly now. What always if somebody's only worse. listening to episode two and they didn't hear episode one? In the would you rather segment, Johnny is a genie, so we have to pick one. Well, yeah, you essentially that's have the to pick basic. One, yeah. That's the you're you know, better off picking one. You're, you're better off yeah. picking one. Yeah. The third Th- option's always Th- worse. Third option's at least as bad as both of those. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of like that one. I don't think you have to give another one. Like, yeah, I, like I was trying one. to say that. Like, um, I really like. I, that one. I might keep thinking about it and see what happens, but I, yeah. I would choose myself. But I think it's just cool. You can like maybe if you yeah. unpacked your worst fear deep enough, you could like let go of it, right? Like, I used to yeah. be scared would, of the dark because be I realized useful, yeah. I'm not sure what's in the dark. And so my monkey, like, lizard brain is just like, be cautious about the shadows because anything could be there. I love how you define your mind as monkey lizard brain. <laughs> well, but, like, it's, like, monkey, like, less far back and lizard way farther back. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, li- like so this is, this is the cool part. You can trace the evolutionary psychology, like, Buddhism line all the way back to the basic idea of something that's alive it it comes down to comes from a lizard well it comes down to this duality even earlier than that yeah which is you are attracted to certain things and you repel from other things bacteria do this right okay it goes towards certain things that are beneficial to its survival like oh it's more reactionary in that sense and then it it moves away from things and this is the basic condition of human suffering is that we're constantly trying to move away from suffering and move towards happiness and the buddhist angle would be like you're riding the wave right where you are right now just like enjoy surfing don't think of where the beach that you're surfing towards right right um so, so then, really, isn't it more Buddhist to just hedonistically enjoy life and just like party? Yeah, I mean that's Maybe. that's that's yeah. a that's a definite criticism. I think it gets it sort of gets also a criticism of being well, too. It's not a criticism. Pacifist. I think that's how I'm doing it. I think that's no, but I, I I would I would I would um stand behind saying that I think if more people did that, the world would be a much better place. We might not have like hyperloops and like subway systems and stuff. Oh, without like certain amounts of anxiety and sort of neuroticism in society, like people driving to build a better tomorrow. I think that's an important part of our minds too. But we can just keep it in check a little bit and just enjoy whatever is true of your life in the present moment. And mm. realize that suffering is just the other side of the coin to happiness. Well, And you can't have one without the other. Well, and that's, it's like you say, there's that, it comes back to that duality, right? Where, yeah. I mean, inevitably you're, you're born, you live and you die. As unless, Carl Pickleton. Unless, unless of course you freeze your head. Unless you freeze your head. Is Joe but really no, like, cause... I'm not a genie. Joe found a way around my, uh, Buddhist pitch. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you say, genie? <laughs> but see, this comes back to freedom versus predestination. You don't think it does yeah. as often no, no, as it does. No, no, I think it does. It does, it does too, yeah. Because you, you're saying that, yeah, there is bad with good. Like, you have to be, like, to real happiness, you need 
like you're not free. You know, you don't truly have free will then, because you can't just I don't, keep I don't pressing the you button. Have and... Free will, anyways. I don't but either. Yeah. I think I think so it's not a black or white switch. I think it's a sliding what do you mean, scale. What's, what's the point? I like beer. That's the point. What's the point yeah. of what, Johnny? Of analyzing yourself and being so mindful, if you're ultimately not in control. I of think it. of it this way: the, could, the if I could well, imagine a state of the world and all the seven point whatever billion people on it as being as miserable as possible, where every single person is suffering as much as possible, and then I can I can envision the opposite of that as a concept where all of those people are living the best possible life, and if we don't know what the universe is, we don't know what human life is we don't know we don't know the deep questions about life i don't trust anybody that says they do right and um in that not knowing which is another buddhist like idea of like you just like you sit in the not knowing you you make your home there don't try and make your home in the knowing because then when more not knowing comes crashing in like you're fucked your home's ruined and you got to move again right try to like live permanently in that other place um all right, so I don't know where you're going with that. On to the next segment. Uh, which one of you fuckers? <laughs> oh, Johnny was saying, "What's the point?" Sort of like oh. the, the nihilism thing. It's oh, like, yeah. well, I'd rather it be less miserable for people than more miserable, right? Well, I, I think I think I have a fact or fiction for you. Oh Ooh. shit! I believe so. I, oh yeah, I do. Okay, so here's here's what's gonna happen. We're about done with this growler, by the way, so we're pretty we done really? at this point. Yeah. Oh, oh man, hold shit. on. Let me grab a beer then before you do this. One second. <laughs> That's not how this works. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I was going to say about what you were saying before, though. Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. He has this yeah. whole thing in Lord of the Rings where the elves are actually envious of the humans who are mortal. Because oh, the because, elves are envious of the humans the, because they're mortal. The elves, the elves are immortal, and that eventually becomes they consider it a curse. Whereas men, sure. the fact that men are mortal, they refer to it as the gift of men, right? Because they're able to live their lives, yeah. you know, Damn. do what they have to do, and then because to be they an die. elf in that scenario, you're born. But to, to be immortal is almost like there's something off about the balance of yeah. your being. Yeah. And it's interesting because that that ties into a lot of what you're saying. And he, I I know Tolkien. He was um, he was Catholic, I believe. I yeah, think even Joe, what you just said can, is can become very Buddhist in, well, in yeah. ideas. Wait, Joe, what you just said is a very uh, Christian idea. That's part of why say, uh, Lucifer got so angry. It was humans got free will. Uh, well, that and, happens in the mortality too. What the, the Silmarillion is is full of that. Those like. Yeah. Those uh, Christian theological yeah, Tolkien just straight too. up yeah lifted that right from the uh, from mm-hmm. Christianity yeah yeah all right yeah. so so here's your um, so here's Joe's factor fiction <laughs> factor fiction so speaking of of wealth and happiness and greed and all that good fun stuff that we love so much um and I so this might have to be a thunk correction at some point oh god because. <laughs> Oh, I found yeah, a lot. Baby. I found. I found. If you don't a... stop talking. I'm going to get a thumb correction right now. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. You don't have one yet. So, oh, I'm I found... full on thunk right now. I got a thunk trunk. 
I got a full <laughs> thunk trunk going here. A full? Th- did you just say <laughs> trunk? A full thunk trunk. Oh thunk yeah, trunk. baby. Yeah. We're gonna use that somehow. Thunk yeah. trunk. That's right. gold. This, this this may be the intro we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I found the reason I say that is because I found conflicting numbers on this because uh, it, it, it seems like a hard number to gauge. And the number is the United States federal poverty level. So okay, or poverty line. So basically the U.S. whatever department of whatever that comes up with this number. Labor statistics. Yeah, it comes up with a number that they call the, the Ministry of Magic for the, that. The ministry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the U.S. Ministry of Go Fuck Yourself comes up with this number called the uh, poverty line. And basically, if you if you make less than that amount of money per year, you're considered somebody who lives in, in poverty, poverty, I guess. Yeah. And they actually use it as a tangible gauge to say, like, oh, if you make... They say what is reasonable, like, where somebody shouldn't be... Well, they use it for, like, tax for, for government. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and like, uh, gov- like, Medicaid or something. Or yeah. Where they'll say, oh, if you're... Why are you pointing at me when you said Medicaid? Uh, <laughs> just because maybe it's something you should look into. No, uh, I have it. <laughs> so... But yeah, so if you make two hundred percent of the poverty line, you apply. You can apply for this program or government assistance okay. or whatever. So the number I found, and again, it was difficult to find. So correct me if I'm wrong. Was around fifteen thousand, and that's after taxes. That's like your like money that you yeah. get for working for the year. Yeah, so, that sounds right. Right. So which is hard to live on. Exactly, and that's when you would be uh, considered yeah. in in poverty. So the fact or not is that. Making the uh, U.S. or making, like, per year the U.S. poverty line, like, that's your income. You live on the U.S. poverty line. Um, puts you in the top 10% wealthiest people on the planet. Living within the U.S. poverty line puts you in the top 10%? Living from the poverty line or higher. Yeah. Puts you where? In the top 10% wealthiest people on I the planet. I think that's true. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I, I think I heard somebody give a stat once where they said, um, oh, God, here comes a thunk trunk now. <laughs> a future thunk trunk. Uh, no, they said um, that, like, just living in North America, in whatever context yeah. you're living, you're in the richest 1% of the world. Uh, among other people, sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you compare, yeah, you know, even, um, you know, sharing a crowded apartment, you know, right. in a shitty part of... Yeah of new york city or something how's that like, possible because there's there's like half a billion people in north america there's only seven billion people on the planet so how can we all be in the one percent or ten percent well johnny what do you think uh, are i you, don't know if, maybe if, i if just you, made a thunk, thunk it, it was a terrible thing. math yeah sorry luke i just i don't want to have to talk about it next week we can just point it out <laughs> we can just address it no, here I, I, yeah. I'm gonna, I, I think it's true i i just need to maybe i worded it slightly wrong well, but the, the, the statistic is that... That you're in the top 10%. Top 10% if you make... Just the, over the poverty line. Like, at the poverty line. The point yeah. I was trying to make is I remember the stat I heard being like... Just like last week's one, I remember... I, what I remembered was it was shocking. I just didn't remember the details. Yeah, right. So I, I think if it's shocking in the same way, that's why I'm thinking, like, it's true. Yeah. So, Johnny, say, what, what I, do you think? I would also say it's true. It's probably, like, top 5% or something. Oh, interesting take. It's, prob- it's probably it's smaller than the 10%. It's probably... Right. Even... All right, so, so, so that's interesting you say that, Johnny, because not only are you both correct, you're, you, if you make the U.S. poverty line, yeah. you are within the top 10% wealthiest. That means that everybody else on the planet... Is in the, is the 90... For you, there's nine other people who make less money. 
Yeah. Yeah. If you're making the U.S. poverty line. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually even more than that because you're actually in the top about 7.8%. Right? Ah. Which I mean, believe it. Which yeah. means out of 100 people, you know, nine, about 93 make less money than you do. Which, which is fucked up. Which is another Buddhist principle. Gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> God but damn see, it. that's the that's the more money, more problems God. thing. Because you don't give a fuck about what someone in Africa is living like. But you who knows? That you, you live in a shithole on the shitty side yeah. of town. Because you drive that... through the good side. That's what you see. You want to be there. Well, a lot of this is relative, right? When you talk about happiness. It's always relative. Yeah. Like, it's a, like it's a balance, like yeah. I was saying before. It's yeah. always a sliding scale of something. Right. Um... That's in the sense, in that like frame of thought, I'm thinking to myself, if I won the lottery and I had like millions of dollars, I feel like my psychology would take on more of the world suffering. Mm. Like right now, I'm just like distracted enough, just you know, well, you would have being the a human too. myself. Yeah. But knowing that you have the resources, you're like, okay, I have to like actually absorb and think about what should I do with this? Yeah. What could yeah. I do? What could you do? Yeah, I have well, to I take on yeah. More you have weight. a lot more potential in that sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Joe's? fuck. That was, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. So, I guess I have one, too. Um, <laughs> it's not going to be as much of a rant as the electron fact last week. Oh, the peanuts and the baseball. But I just kind of wanted to connect, like, what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was good. The pe- the baseball-sized peanut, yeah. Yeah, the baseball-sized <laughs> peanut. <laughs> If you haven't heard that, you should probably go listen to episode one yeah. and donate and subscribe. Yeah, we should make a donate. Are those button. options? We don't have do a way, no. We things? don't have a way to, to get money. Uh, <laughs> There's no way subscribe. for us to get you money. Can, is there? You can subscribe. You could. Yeah, that that's an option. Definitely subscribe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely subscribe and share. And share and donate. Once we make a donate. <laughs> Once button. we make a donate. We're button. trying to just get enough money to like pay for like hosting the podcast somewhere because you have to like put it on a hosting service that yeah. it's usually like five to ten dollars a month you can't just like make an app for that or can you? if we just break even with that and the cost of the beer we're in business yeah <laughs> that, that'll keep us motivated to keep uh talking keep yeah. Doing it. yeah i think that's fair as long as we get a baseball sized amount of um, peanuts peanuts yeah is that your science fact we can eat no so i it, it's not so much of like a singular fact but just um uh, a cool idea that sort of ties in with the whole modular model of the mind that you might discover like from evolutionary psychology that there are these different modules and they're all bidding for your attention well um there's a certain condition called split brain patients where they have to get the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere detached oh, sure. um, through the corpus callosum it's like this like bundle of nerve fibers like probably in the billions and in order to prevent seizures, like, they cut the connection between the two hemispheres. Oh, shit. And then they do these funny experiments. So, like, um, the, it's reversed. So, like, the left side of your brain controls the right side of your body and vice versa. So they can do these experiments where they show the right eye something and the left eye something else. And, oh, and it crosses. then they ask questions yeah. to the people. However your language centers are located in your left hemisphere most of the time. Not everybody, but I think most of the time. And your right hemisphere is usually things more like music and like spatial awareness and like faces, you know. Um, And so they'll show an object like a spoon to the right eye, which tells the left 
left hemisphere, like I saw a spoon, right? Right. And when you ask them, did you see an image on the screen? They say, I saw a spoon. Right. If they reverse that, they say, you didn't put anything on the screen. Oh, because it just doesn't make the connection. But if they're left hand, yeah. If if they're if they're asked to pick up an object with their left hand from a group of objects, they pick up a spoon. <laughs> what if you use like a fork instead? Uh, it doesn't work with forks. No. <laughs> no, the idea is that like um, the communication between their right side and their left side got screwed up. So when you ask them to to talk. They're using their left side with the language centers and saying what they saw. If they didn't see it with the left side, the left side says, I didn't see it. It's you talking. But you did see it. And there's proof that you saw it because your other side picks up a spoon. Wait, but they have to slice your fucking brain in half to do this? This is for patients that happen to have this done for medical reasons like seizure conditions, epilepsy. Yeah. Um, Because it stops certain, you know... um, like seizures from getting yeah, worse or happen, from, whatever, yeah, whatever the thing seiz- is. Seizure signals. And it just happens to show that you, you end up getting these two like local clusters of consciousnesses, yeah. two of them in your head that don't really agree. Right. And I would argue that it's not just two. It's probably that if you looked at those two feelings of center, you would go down the tree and find more local right, things. Yeah, right. And this is mm. the modular model of consciousness where you're thinking, okay, my mind is actually like this conglomeration of different modes of being and um <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck sorry go on i'm listening <laughs> and then the center of it is just sort of like this feeling of being a ceo and uh all these modules are competing for your attention and the split brain experiments kind of show that you know whoa consciousness might not be this like centered thing there might be a lot more going on oh uh, genghis khan what (laughs) you're supposed to say genghis khan who so anyways we should probably i opened with knock knock okay oh yeah (laughs) you forgot about that i forgot about that good Um, because i don't have an answer we should end this episode we've had a growler of beer did we finish the growler? Yeah, we finished the growler. We killed the growler? I uh, assure you we finished the growler. Shit. See, I think I... All I, right, folks, I, that, that's, our, that's our, um, our take on <laughs> happiness for now. Uh, yeah, and beer. I think we nailed it. <laughs> we really knocked it out of the park, yeah. If you're going to take yeah. away anything, it's maybe experiment with some meditating. Apparently, Luke likes it. Uh, <laughs> and beer. <laughs> maybe experiment with some beer, but not too much. Don't no. be the, the miserable drunk guy at a bar. No, be responsible. Uh, drink responsibly. Yes. And happiness is just a moment before you need happiness. And beer is just a moment before you need more beer. Which we need right now. Yeah, we do. <laughs> We're out. We yeah. finished the growler, yeah. So thank you, and we'll see you for episode three. Episode Alrighty. three, yeah. Episode three, that's right. Should we give yeah. Johnny a chance to hang up on us? Or? Absolutely. Yeah. Johnny? Uh, did he hang up? I don't think so. I think he did. No, I can hear him. I can't hear him. I see his, like, cow face. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> his Skype, like, picture. It's a cow. Oh my god, you're right, it is a cow face. What is that? It's like a holy cow. Oh, that son of a bitch. (laughs) All right, we will see you episode three. Thank you.